Welcome to this presentation from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are located in the greater Los Angeles area at 9820 Lakewood Boulevard in Downey, California. We would love to have you worship with us any Saturday you are in our area. Well, today, today, we're going to be talking about mission. All right, let's begin with prayer. God, as we now uh, begin a new series talking about mission and vision and values that you have for the church, Lord, that we can learn from and take and apply to not only this church, but our own personal lives, lead and guide us in Jesus' name. Amen. It was May of 2009. I was driving on Lagonia Avenue in Redlands, California. There was a big uh, evangelistic series. And because I lived in Loma Linda, I got stuck with everybody basically in San Bernardino County. Um, it's a lot of people. And so I was making these rounds of visiting people in Redlands. I still remember the couple that I for sure remember visiting that day. But as I was going down Lagonia Avenue, and I was headed towards, I think it was either Texas or Church Street. I was headed towards the mountains, headed eastbound. And I saw a Toyota Highlander. And I saw a Toyota RAV. And they were on a course towards each other. And I'm thinking, oh, one of them will stop. Didn't stop. And boom. The Toyota Highlander hit the RAV4. The RAV4 spun. And the Highlander, its front end was smashed. And so I could not continue to proceed east. I actually had to go around to the left. And I pulled over. I had to cross the road and turn left. I got out of the car and I realized, oh, this is not a good one. So I immediately, of course, got on my phone. I called fire for fire and uh, police. And I checked the streets. I'm a first responder, I'm a former instructor in, in training for lifeguards. So I know, survey the scene. No cars were going to hit me. But I, I immediately I ran to the Toyota Highlander. When I saw inside, I saw a young man. He was dazed, he was confused. He was in shock, and his uh, the car horn was instantly blaring. He must have just hit it, and it was just you could not turn it off, and and so it's going the whole time. Uh, fortunately enough, there was another bystander who came by, and then I went to check on the Rav Four, and I remember it was an older individual. He was kind of small, and he was just holding on to the steering wheel, just shaking. Now his car had spun around, but because of the impact, he was also, of course, in shock. And I'm trying to think, okay, there's no gasoline. Everything's all right. Police, fire are on their way. And thank you, Lord, two Orange County Fire Authority firefighters just happened to live up the street and were running down. And I saw them. I saw their blue shorts, and I saw their, their, their blue shirts, and I immediately knew, okay, they're fire personnel. They were just on their normal run, and when they heard something, you know, being the men that they were, they came, they, they checked it out, and immediately took control 
of the situation. One of them, I remember he came to the young man who was in the Highlander, who was just, he was moving around and he put his hand on his chest to hold him back to make sure that he would not try to injure himself. Well, he was kind of a little bit honorary and poor firefighter had to be very firm with him. Another firefighter came and to the, to the RAV4 and he helped try to talk the guy down. All of this was a very surreal experience. And very soon I heard sirens. I heard police and I heard firefighters on their way. And that made me feel good. Everything was going to be okay. Well, after everything kind of got settled down, I waited in case the police wanted for me to have me take a statement because I, I saw the whole thing. So I, I, I gave my version of what I saw. And there was a couple of other people who also were there who shared with the police officer and they gave their account. Uh, the police officer came back and he said, hey, in case this goes to court, would you be willing to, you know, kind of give your testimony? And I said, of course, yeah, if, if need be. And actually, a couple of months later, that one of them was suing the other. And I remember <laughs> having to talk about it. But it was a very surreal ex experience. And it's something that has been with me um, It'll be 13 years in May. Should I switch mics? Okay. One, two, three. Thanks. And so as I thought about this story, I realized, oh, I'm going to tell about this later. There's one thing I can apply to this with the gospel, or maybe. I realized, you know, I served as a witness to this accident. And what do, what do witnesses do? Well, they report what they saw. It's not their job to try to interpret, but just, this is only what I saw. Here's what I can tell you. And it kind of hit me this last week as I was preparing this sermon, I realized, man, we're all witnesses for Jesus Christ. We experience things, we, we, we have our own story of how God intervened in our life, and God simply calls us to be witnesses, to go out into the world and to share the good news with Jesus Christ. All right, so let's go. Now, Hudson Taylor, very, very famous uh, 19th century missionary. He went around the world, but he says, God isn't looking for people of great faith, but for individuals ready to follow him. By any chance, do we have, are we going blind? No notes? Nope. Okay. That's all right. Oh, we do. Um, ben, would you mind trying to turn that on? <laughs> Sorry. So, I'm realizing I take Bill for granted. Bill, if you're watching, thank you. I appreciate you. <laughs> He's not here today. I feel a little lost and a little out of place. So thank you. I know you're chuckling behind. Uh, you better be laughing because I know you're stressed out. <laughs> but God has called us to go and share the good news. And we have in Matthew 28, the Great Commission. What, what's a commission? Well, Oxford language 
languages defines commission as an instruction, a command, or a duty given to a person or group of people, or a group of people officially charged with a particular function. Before Jesus left, he charged the disciples, and by proxy, all of us, with sharing the good news. So, oh, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, let's go to Matthew 28, okay? We've, we've, we've studied this passage several times, but let's just, as a good reminder, okay? Matthew 28. This is known as the, the Great Commission. Oops, sorry, my bad. You beat me to it. All right, we all there? Okay, so it says, uh, then, uh, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all what? Nations, baptizing them in the name of the what? The Son, the Holy Spirit, and then what does he say here? And what? Teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I love that last part. It's a nice little capstone, a little cherry on top. Hey, by the way, you're not alone. All right? And, and that would definitely become very apparent very soon. So what are the three biggest takeaways that we can take from this passage? Well, God wants us to go and make what? Disciples. And, and, you know, for those maybe who are not, who did not grow up in the church, when you hear this word disciple, what does that mean? What is a disciple? A follower. Okay. And so by, by association, we are followers of Jesus Christ. Okay. And then he also, we can also glean, okay, so we're supposed to baptize people, baptize, not just dunk them in water, but baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit into God, into Jesus, into the Father, okay? And the last part is this, that go and teach everything that Jesus taught. So when we look back on the life of Christ, what did Jesus teach us? To love others, to serve, okay? Don't make your possessions an idol or don't, don't let it come between you and God. It's the most bit, it's uh, dealing with possessions and money and resources is probably, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the, the number one thing that Jesus talked about, our relationship with those things, right? Obviously, he talks about grace and love and salvation, he taught that we should love those who probably most would consider the unloved, the unlovable, the outcasts, that they're people too. Love our neighbors to restore the dignity of so many people who had been cast out, oppressed. So there's many things that Jesus taught, right? He taught us how to pray. So all of those things, we, and we have them recorded here in the Bible, so let's go share that with others. Now, recently, I read a book called Advanced Strategic Planning. I'm not going to lie. That sounds so boring, right? I can't even store properly right now. 
But I have to tell you, this book, it changed me. It helped me to grow and to help see big picture how we can be better equipped to serve God. It's in the name advanced, not just regular, but advanced strategic um, planning. And one of the things that I took away is, okay, is it possible, were there other times, or maybe it was explained differently, are there other great commissions in the Bible? Think about that. Are there other areas where Jesus commissioned the disciples to go out besides Matthew 28? Oh, some of you, are, your, your heads are ringing right now. All right, how about this? Let's go to Mark 16. Mark 16. And this is the last chapter in Mark, which, by the way, uh, heads up, uh, we're going to be doing a series on Mark. Last year, we did a series on the Gospel of Matthew. This time, we're going to focus on Mark. So Mark 16, verse 15. Mark 16, verse 15. All right, we all there? Okay. And it says, He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Is that a command? Is that a commission? He's being very focused. He's being intentional. He's telling the disciples, Hey, I want you to go into the world. I want you to what is it? Preach the gospel to all creation. All right. And so when he says creation, what is, what is Jesus saying? Everybody. Okay. Oh, my goodness. My bad. Creation. This gospel is to be preached to everyone, not just the Jews, not just the Gentiles, but literally every single person. And this is powerful because not only is Matthew saying should all of the gospel be preached, and especially Matthew, which was written to a Jewish audience. Mark was probably written to a Gentile Christian audience. Regardless of whether they are a believer in Jesus or a believer in other gods or whatever, or have no faith, everyone needs to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay? This is number two. Could there be more? All right. How about this? Let's go to Luke 24. Luke 24. Let's go to Luke 24, verse 45. And here, this is when after Jesus had died, he'd been resurrected. And he meets two disciples who are on their way to where? Anybody know? Emmaus. Okay? All right. Starting in verse 45. Then he says, Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. So Jesus, he's helping them to enlighten of uh, helping them to understand everything that was in the Old Testament that points towards Jesus. And here in verse 46, then he says, this, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you 
what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. I'm sorry, I'm getting my stories mixed up. Emmaus was right before. But he's telling the disciples this. This is later. He's the later where he says, hey, he goes to the disciples and he's sharing everything from the Old Testament because they didn't have Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John or any of Paul's writings, right? He has to go to the Old Testament and he says, hey, this is what you can take from the Old Testament. Now remember, in the first Great Commission, right, he taught, he said, teach, teach these things, okay? So again, he's reminding them, teach others what I have taught you. And, and especially where he says, hey, the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, which happened. Repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations. Again, all nations, not just a select group, but for everybody, will be preached in his name beginning at Jerusalem. Now he says here, beginning at Jerusalem, you're witnesses of these things. And then he leaves a promise, hey, I'm going to send a helper. This is essentially what he's trying to say. I'm paraphrasing it. Now, Jesus said, hey, stay local. Minister to others. When you think about your neighborhood, do you know your neighbors? Do you know your community? Hey, I know some of my neighbors. Some of them don't want to know me. They just walk by me. It's like, hi. And they'll just like, more. Particularly this one guy, I, I walk every, uh, you know, I, I try to walk every night <laughs> and he just, he'll just walk right by me. I was like, well, okay, cool. Do we take time to know our neighbors? One of the things that we can do when we want to learn how to share the gospel of Jesus Christ is number one, start local. Who in your circle or community can you pray for? Now, in our last, our last small group series, we talked about prayer. We talked about who can we pray for our family, our friends, our, our church family, and the unchurched. How's that going? We were kind of like, we mean we have to keep doing that? <laughs> friends, reminder. This doesn't stop. No, just change the names every once in a while, right? Maybe pray for a month. It's okay to change names or if you want. Like, I know where Linda's watching this. She's like, I have 30,000 names on my list. I'm just joking. <laughs> she has more names. That's okay. Pray. Mission always begins with prayer. So whenever you have a desire to want to share Jesus with others, you better be on your knees praying first. <laughs> Because we don't want to be trying to do the mission. We just want to be simply a vessel for Jesus. But who can you start praying for? Is there a family member, a friend? Maybe we have our, our church family. We need people to be prayed for. Some of us are sick. But also, especially, who in your neighborhood, your community, your complex, or in your office who's never heard of Jesus or maybe has heard a bad version of Jesus and doesn't know the love that Jesus has for him or her. So start small. Wesley Duell says, 
We can reach our world if we will. The greatest lack of today is not of people or funds. The greatest need is prayer. There's another quote as well. It says, in no other way can the believer become as fully involved with God's work, especially the work of world evangelism, as an in intercessory prayer. Now, we all have gifts and talents that God has blessed us with. And yes, we need to use those talents to share Jesus with others. But it all begins with prayer. And if there's nothing, if you feel like you have no talent, begin with prayer. So Jesus says to them, hey, I want you to stay in the city and hang out there. And eventually, you're going to get some help. Well, later on, we know in Acts 2, what happens in Acts 2? Pentecost, the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit comes down and just blows everybody away because everybody could understand they were speaking in different languages. And yet, I don't know how to speak that language, but I understand you, right? And Peter stands up and he finally acknowledges, hey, this is all of this, you know, we're good to go. We're ready. And there, from, from there, the church just blows up. Is it possible? Is there another fourth commission? Let's go to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. This is the last one, by the way. <laughs> Not as fast as I used to be flipping through my Bible. Tells me I need to read it more. All right. Acts 1, verse 6. Acts 1, verse 6. And it says, Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? It kind of boggles my mind that you they don't quite get it yet because they think that there's still going to be an earthly kingdom. But Jesus has something even better, not what they expected. Then he says, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the what? The earth. Five examples in scripture, sorry, not five, four. <laughs> four examples in scripture where Jesus commissions the disciples to teach, preach, to baptize, to get to know your area, to start local, to start small. But eventually, this gospel is going to go around the world. Amen? And so, what, is, what are some of the lessons that we can take from this? Number one is that God wants to empower us for ministry. And one of the ways he does that is, well, he leaves us, we, we have scripture, so we have Jesus' teachings, okay, another reminder. But number two, we have the promise and the hope, the, 
the, the help of the Holy Spirit. And through the Holy Spirit, all things are possible. So God, God wants to empower us for ministry. But we have to remember, Great Commission means God asks us to go. And the word go, it's not a noun. It's not an adjective. It's not describing. It's active. It's a verb. It's, a, it's something you have to do. So God calls us to go. So we've talked a little bit already. Okay, so if God wants us to go and share the gospel, let's start small. Let's start with prayer. We've learned in, in our, in our, our last small group, let's pray. Let's start praying for people and see what comes out of that. And I know we, we, uh, in, in some of the, uh, the small groups that I was able to attend, I heard awesome stories of people simply just praying for one another. And then all of a sudden, that person started talking about God, started asking for prayer requests. I know even in my own personal uh, experience, I was praying for somebody in this, uh, one of the individuals I was praying for had a complete turnaround. And to me, that just, it speaks to the power that God is at work. And there were a few other people, but this, this particular individual in my life, it just really, really, really stood out. So start with prayer. Okay. But we also, again, have the words of Jesus to share with others. We have the promise and the hope that the Holy Spirit will leave us and not, will not leave us and will not abandon us. So distilling everything down. We're called to go and evangelize through the whole world. But let's start local, okay? Let's start in our church, our downy, and wherever we live, wherever we work, let's start there. Of course, we're also ministering online, but we're called to go and make disciples. Jesus is giving a template. Go and baptize, teach, preach. You have the promise and the assurance of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus gives us a template, a mission. We have purpose. Everything we do revolves around this. Teach, preach, baptize. We have the Holy Spirit. Now, let's also understand this is what, these are lessons we can take. So it's descriptive, not, well, in some ways it's prescriptive. But when we make a mission statement, we also want it to be prescriptive to what especially fits in the local downy context. But let me ask you this. Do you have a personal mission statement in your own life? And the first day I came here, I shared with you mine. And that is to educate, equip, and empower others for the work of God. However, in preparing for this sermon, I also had a, a light bulb moment. And I realized, you know what? That mission statement is not just outward, but it also keeps me accountable inward. Am I educating myself? Am I continuing to grow? Am I being able, am I, am I feeling equipped to go and share? Am I being better equipped? And do I feel empowered to go forward? What is it you want to do for God? How are you living your life? 
do the things that you are that the things that you're striving for that you're working towards do they reflect God's influence or just your own personal influence God has called us to the greatest purpose that we could ever have other than raising you know having a family and caring for them and loving them is to go and share the gospel with others so reflection what fears or obstacles do you have from sharing your faith with others is it just fear of oh they're gonna think i'm dumb or i'm i'm crazy they may think you're different but at the same time too when they see the positive difference that christ and the church is having in your life maybe they won't think that you're that crazy <laughs> When you choose to give up drinking, when you choose to start focusing especially on your family, all those little things that slowly but surely come up and become influenced, people are going to notice that. So what's holding you back? And ask yourself, is that really why I'm fearful? And, and, and in the grand scheme, my friends, what is it we have to lose? Nothing. So, what fears or obstacles do you have? Think about that this week. Write them down. And then write, how can we overcome them? And go and overcome them. The last thing, the challenge this week. I want you to write your own personal mission statement of faith. Why and how? And it doesn't need to be five lines long. Okay? If you can, distill it into one sentence. Better yet, if you were to share it with a five-year-old, could that five-year-old be able to repeat it back to you? That's how simple I want this to be. You don't have to build a mountain of a statement. Keep it simple. For me, it's educate, equip, and empower. By the way, I totally stole that from somebody. Because it just reflected it. It was so simple. So I want to thank my boss, Gerard, my, my previous boss. I stole it from him. Educate, equip, and empower. Pray about what God is calling you to do for mission. And as we go forward, everything that we do, may, and in your life as well, may it revolve around that mission. Loving family, friends, but also sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, because that is what God has called us to do. So may we go forth and do so. Next week, we're going to talk about vision, the end state. What, do, what does that look like? So I look forward to meeting with you all next week and continuing this journey. And uh, may the Lord bless, lead, and guide you. Continue to pray for our family who are not here. I know we got a lot of people sick today, but um, God is good.